Blog Talk Radio. Men and Women of the United States Armed Forces, Men and Women Police and Fire Services, 
the doctors and nurses on front line of COVID, uh, as well as the uh, the people who service the uh, the service uh, the uh, supermarkets uh, for keeping food on the on the uh, shelves. Um, I want to explain uh, our absence for uh, a while. Uh, it seems that uh, my wife had fallen and uh, broken her hip, and uh, a week later, after we thought we had that all said, I ended up with uh, uh, having a, a bleeding ulcer, which turned to sepsis, which uh, has me sitting in a wheelchair now. Uh, I was in the hospital for the uh, the two months that uh, we've been off the air. So we wanted to get back on the air, get our feet on the ground. Uh, we're uh, doing a, uh, our first show, and uh, we're welcoming back uh, Bob. You know, welcome back. And Z, thank you very much. See you on there, brother. Z, how you doing tonight? Z. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Ty. Sir, how you doing? We're doing great. We're doing great. Hey, man, I, I am. I'm. I'm always well, and I'm just grateful, thankful, and prayerful uh, that that you're well, that that Miss Carol's well, and you know, I just keep praying for your continued progression and strength, man. Glad to to hear your voice Thank and you. have you back, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Well, where should we start? We got uh, all kinds. Of, how did a, a a cruiserweight fight end up being an eliminator tie? Which fight are you talking about? The uh, fight tonight? Yeah, Gilberto Ramirez against Joe uh, Smith Jr. Yeah. You know what? Just more so because of name value and what the guys have accomplished in uh, lower weight classes. This is, I believe, both of their first fights at cruiserweight. So you would assume both guys stepping up for the first time at the weight class wouldn't be putting an eliminator. However, because there are more household names, at least when it comes to boxing, obviously the mm-hmm. sanctioning body is definitely going to push them towards a tw- you know, title shot. That's the one thing about mm-hmm. boxing. Money trumps merit a lot of times. Right. Right. Certainly did it, here. It still, it still should be a good scrap, though. still should be a good, fun, entertaining scrap. Good. Good. Bob, you got a uh, another hellacious uh, Bellator coming up. Uh, you want to talk oh, about yeah. that? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's down here in San Diego, and uh, I oh, have yeah. to admit, uh, as soon as uh, you got sick, I quit watching fighting altogether. I was that was my I, I was like I'm I'm done. I'm I was so upset. I was just praying, praying, yeah, praying for you on Saturdays. Was my my alarms would still go off? It was time for the show, and I would just uh, I was angry. So that's how I deal with everything. So, um, but anyway, yeah, big uh, uh, Bellator 300 uh, down here in San Diego. Um, Liz Carmouche, or her her friend actually, Alima Lay McFarlane, who apparently missed weight. Um, but their yeah. friends is going up against Liz Carmouche tonight for the title. Um, I just uh, f- I figured, again, uh, playing with the TV, first time in uh, eight weeks, and uh, apparently I have Showtime, just not Showtime live. So I don't have it live. I can 
see it after it's done, though. So I started recording all the Bellators, and, and I'll play catch-up. Oh, good stuff. It's like finding 20 bucks in your pocket. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, what, I, I, it washed and clean, you know what I mean? Still still in the pocket. <laughs> good stuff. What, what do you think? Cyborg uh, also fights Cats and Gano on that card, too, uh, Bob. Oh, tonight? Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, side, U, Usman, Khabib's cousin fights. U, Khabib's cousin Usman fights Brett, wow. Brett Primus. But I believe the actual main event is going to be Cyborg against Kat Zingano. But I know that there are three title fights on, and that's one of them. Yeah, that's a big, mm-hmm. that's a big fight. Okay. Well, I should have went to that. I, you know, again, I, I dipped out uh, from the whole scene. I actually even stopped uh, teaching a couple weeks ago line myself up for some carpal tunnel surgery on both hands, uh, which is weird because I don't even carpal, you know, so I don't even get it. But, um, don't forget to tip the waiter. Yeah, it was time to take care of me. I... <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Um, the, uh, the other one, uh, I guess, oh, uh, in case you didn't hear it, uh, uh, Ty, we're going to have uh, Bernard coming on this tonight. Oh, Bernard uh, Fernandez? Uh, yeah, I'm going to get you guys started, and I'm going to call him and get him right on. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, What about uh, this Vargas uh, returning? Um yeah, this is the sixth time this year, young Vargas. I know he's the uh, the the uh, his grandson or nephew of the other one, but uh, why would six fights in a year? Doesn't that seem a, a little crazy? What, now, what Vargas is this? Is this Fernando Vargas's son? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's you know what he's a prospect, and he he could mm-hmm. very well have taken up the sport a little late, be learning on the job, but nonetheless. But you remember better than I do. In the old days, man, guys fought significantly more often than they did today. So six mm-hmm. fights a year at the prospect level is is a it, it's a great way to progress. So I'm I'm, I'm all for that. Guys, I've obviously like the top guys only fight twice a year. You know, right. so so in this era, six mm-hmm. fights seems unheard of. Before a prospect, remember Mike Tyson was fighting like every other month as he was coming up. And mm-hmm. and so you know that that's really in, in the old days, the good old glory days of boxing, how you develop the prospect. You fought him every few weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as you weren't yeah. getting the knockouts and stuff. Like I just I just got some uh, paperwork from Colorado. Apparently, I'm part still part of the uh, boxing uh, lineup out there, and uh, they sent me some voting stuff for the new rules and and talking about you know implementing that kind of stuff and, and there's so many um uh, different things happening right now with all, both sports that are just mm-hmm. crazy so typically with the with the, a prospect like that six six fights mostly four rounders and he's fighting different styles of the guys he's supposed to beat so the only guys getting hurt are you know going to be the guys he's fighting typically because they're going to be overmatched they're just going to present him different looks at this point um, so yeah, because what is it, Bob? Is it like an automatic ninety-day suspension if you get knocked out? 
90 day suspension. Yeah, that's what we were just voting on. Yeah, and so the the 90. So if you're the one receiving the beating, uh, you're not going to be fighting, but a couple times a year. Uh, but if you're out there knocking people out left and right like Tyson used to do back in the day, um, yeah, they'll just keep you running. They'll, they'll run you, you know, just like a racehorse. Run you till you till you puke. Yep, yep. And make the money off of you, just like a racehorse. Yeah, it, it, just like a racehorse. Just make that God, money. You know till better you, than us all, man. You know better than us all. <laughs> Yeah, like when when you're on a win streak and you're doing good and you're not so so again like uh, tonight Drew Dober, one of my buddies from uh, uh, Colorado, yeah. is fighting on the UFC and and uh, you know he he does great but he goes out there and bangs and so when you guys yeah. you know so in stitches you know you're gonna get two months six to eight weeks uh, you know a knockout you're gonna get ninety days you know there's all these little things that come into play. Um, even, you know, and the, and the commissions, boxing commission and, uh, the, well, it's technically the boxing commission that's in the MMA commission now, but, um, as well, but the, the commissioners are, are going to look at your health at the end of that fight. They're going to give you, uh, te- technically what they say is any fight, you immediately have a 30 day suspension, but that right, means right. you can fight month to month. Yeah. So, so as long as you're 30 days out and you didn't take any damage, you know, you, we see guys like Cerrone and other guys as boxers, you know, man, they'll hop right back in there if they're, you know, if they're uh, ready to go and they didn't take any damage, um, you know, they'll run them just like their racehorses, just like their dogs. I mean, they'll, they'll keep putting us in there and keep, as long as you're pulling the fans, as long as you're pulling the W's, they will run you to death. Regarding um, the, the damage that's taken by fighters, be it MMA and boxing, is there any difference in, in how, uh, they're regulated or, you know, it's like 90 days, both sports, this, that, both sports, or, you know, is there any specific difference I, I, with boxing as I those MMA I think it's pretty similar. I mean, the, okay. the thing, because the Boxing Commission is the one that came into the UFC went back in 2006. I remember and that. And so before, before that, we weren't. Yeah, we weren't even regulated, you know what I mean? And so that that was what, you know, back everyone was calling us animals or it was human cockfighting or something like that. And then once the boxing commission got in, then we started breaking into rounds instead of, you know, a 30-minute fight, it was five fives or, you know, uh, three, you know, just different rounds and that kind of stuff, giving people a chance to rest and then uh, throwing in the TKOs, taking out the soccer kicks or the, you know, certain stuff like that to make it a little bit more safe and more sport-oriented. So it's like a lot of these, you know, uh, quote-unquote street fighter guys that think they can hang in the UFC, uh, you know, oh, I've I've fought once or twice in high school, so I'm a badass. Uh, There's (laughs) rules, all right? And it's really hard with rules. Like you're halfway through a mo- you know a move and you're like oh is this in the rule book I mean some fights you can only slap to the head sometimes fights you can only kick from the waist mm-hmm. up or you can't kick the legs PK karate yeah. now MMA brought everything together but again you know boxing you can't be throwing rabbit punches you can't be throwing right. kidneys down, you know so there's there's a lot of that, that keeps it uh, dialed in to a certain way of fighting, which makes right. it hard. So again, like an MMA, and I'll, I'll still stick to my guns, an MMA guy cannot outbox a boxer because that's an art. That is an art of pugilism. Those guys know, you guys know how to throw hands and keep yourselves covered. Now, leg kicks, not so much, you know, so it, it, it's a different thing. But, 
but all those all those different arts i mean you can't just these all these high school tough guys you can't just go in there and fight someone you have to go in there and play by the rules okay i'm on hey guys we're, uh, we're joined uh tonight with uh by our, our good friend uh, mr zito um and uh another good friend of ours um who is now I can tell everybody is a uh, world boxing boxing Hall of Fame member as of a couple of weeks ago. Um, Mr. Bernard Fernandez. Bernard, how are you doing tonight? Hi guys, how's it going? Hey Bernard. Hey Bernard. Please. Things are going great here. Bernard. Uh, Those are up one to nothing. So, hey, well, no, I, I, now, now I, I, I just came on the show, but I do have to ask you this one: What did you think about uh, Canelo and Charlo? Did you think it was going to happen beforehand the way it did? We've had so many near misses on on, on fights that people were talking about, and then they get you know it's like it's like the bride being left at the altar, you know that. <laughs> It, it, I, I just I just didn't think it could happen again. Matter of fact, when they announced, uh, you know, the heavyweight fight in, in Saudi Arabia with Yusek, uh, and <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> in Fury, uh, you know, my first thought was, well, I'll believe it, you know, when the bell rings, you know, and they and they come out. Um, it's continuing. You know, it just, you know, it, it, it's happened too often that, yeah. you know, that it, I, I don't know what it is. It's like you get to third base, you know, and, and you can't come all the way home on somebody's life. Mm-hmm. To walk, to walk, the best don't fight the best when they're supposed to fight the best. You missed so many times. Did you think it was a... Uh... What do you think about the the the, the fight that uh, the the, Arabs, the Arabian uh, wants wants to give uh, music and uh, fury? Do you think that will ever really will ever commence? I mean, the money might be there, but will it ever be done? Well, you know, that, that, that's a. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you guys. I do apologize. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you think that that's a fight if they if they have it at Wembley, they put ninety thousand people there, and you know, there's 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 different soccer stadiums that, you know, they're going to get sixty, seventy, eighty, even ninety thousand people. So, you know, it, it's just like the uh, LIV um, golf tour. I mean, they're they're throwing crazy money at these people, and and. You know, so I guess that's where they're going. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, last I checked, neither one of those guys is is uh, Saudi Arabian. You know, but uh, you go where the money is, and, and you know, I'm not sure what they're getting they're getting paid, but it's got to be more than they can make, you know, at at Wembley or or Las Vegas or anywhere else. You know, and and um, I'm a little I'm a little disappointed. You know. Um, I, th- I think the fans got cheated a little bit. I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure that, uh, 
you know, the people that would have wound up going to Wembley or, or someplace that they could they could say I was there. I guess they could still go if they want to fly over there, but um, I'm a little disappointed if I wound up where I did. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's financially viable for both of the guys, you know, but okay. and we we had just started to get into a point where where we're having some of these big fights in stadiums with with large on-site crowds, and you know. I don't know. That's something I think that had been missing for a while, and, and you know, mm-hmm. well, a little disappointed. Uh, but I can take yes. a few minutes and uh, walk uh, our, our listeners through uh, um, the uh, the great uh, uh, thing you went up to the kind of stoga for us. Yeah, in June. Um, well, you know this, Frank, you know, but I did not go uh, to the triple induction uh, class in 2022. Um, I'd, I'd gotten a call from Ed Brophy that I was going to be in the class of 2020, but COVID t- took care of that. Thank, uh, 2021, COVID knocked that one out, so they were going to have a, a trilogy with and I was looking forward to that. It was going to be a weekend like, you know, they'd never had in Canastota before. And then, like, a few weeks prior to that, um, my wife was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. And she wasn't she wasn't feeling great physically or, or in her, you know, mood was not terrific, um, as might be expected. So I thought about it, and, I, and she said, well, you can go. It's only four days. You know, you can go by yourself, you know. And I said, well, you know, with, with, with cancer, you don't know. I mean, she could outlast the one-year life projection. It could be two, three, four, even five years, or it could be three months. And I, I didn't know. So I called that brophy and said, I, I, I'm sorry I can't go because those are four days with my wife that, that I just can't afford to miss because I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. how long she has. Mm-hmm. But she, she, she was responding to the chemotherapy very well. And, um, you know, her, um, her PET scan that she had, you know, before this year's event in June, you know, showed that the cancer had not progressed. So she went with me, you know, and I, I have to say the people at the Hall of Fame, you know, um, were were very nice. They, I, I rode in the, in the parade, you know, in the back of a convertible. Um, I got to sit at the long table for the banquet of champions. Um, same thing. I was on the stage for the actual induction, although I was not in the class of 2023. Jimmy Lennon Jr. called me up to give a few remarks, which I wasn't prepared for. And I went up there and I said, well, you know, I, I didn't come here the year before because of this or something. But I said, I'm going to say something to, to a fight crowd that all of you can understand, that my wife had, um, the cancer had not progressed, and she was kicking cancer's ass, you know, and, and I, you know, that, <laughs> it just came to me, you know, and, and people gave me a standing ovation, or they gave her a standing ovation. She was sitting, in, you know, uh, at a table uh, in the audience, and um, I think it perked her up a little bit, too, you know, so that was, that was a great thing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good. Good. Yeah. I know that's a, a full – then didn't you follow that up the, the following week and go to see uh, the uh, 
uh, New, the Jersey uh, State. I know you're you're a member of Jersey State uh, Hall of Fame. Um, well, it was the Atlantic City. You know, actually, uh, um, I did a book signing in Canastota in June, and also uh-huh. there was just this past weekend the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame had another book signing. And actually, there were several several people who had authored boxing books. Russell Peltz was there. Bill Detloff was there, Nigel Collins, uh, John DeSanta. So, you know, uh, we're all there, you know, pitching our books. You know, we did okay. You know, and um, um, there was one guy that bought all four of mine. You know, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> one, one of my favorite one of my favorite consumers, you know. So that's that's about 1,100 pages of reading if you want to, you know, keep you busy sure. for a while. Sure. Great. Great. I got to I got to send you I got to send you a copy of the fourth one, Frank. You know. Great. I'd love to have it. We, uh, you know, in fact, uh, next to my bed I have uh, your, the copy of the last one you sent me. And uh, when I, you know, I have trouble sleeping, I sit up and read the thing, and uh, um, it puts you to sleep. You know, the, then I, <laughs> no, are, are you saying his book is the cure for no, insomnia? No, it keeps me awake because you get into the middle of these things and you're finding out all these different uh, nuances that uh, have gone on that you you were unaware of, you know, of people, that, the, the, gratif- uh, the um, what I want to say here, the uh, gratitude of, of uh, the fighters for their fans, uh, mm. fans and, their, and, and uh, the fans and then the, the families within the fighting. I mean, he really. When, it's like when he was doing the, uh, when he was doing his, his column at the, at the news. You knew everything that went on, uh, even if the cat uh, breathed out the back door. Um, it's always a, a tremendous uh, uh, way to end a day is, is just reading his books. Um, and anybody. You know, who, you know when I was a young, on, when I was a young boy growing up in New Orleans, there was a there was a detective TV show called. Naked City, and and at the okay. end they had a narrator, and at the end of every episode, the narrator would say, "There are eight million people in the Naked City, uh, uh-huh. you know, or there are, there are eight million stories in the Naked City. This has been one of yeah. them." And the thing the yeah. thing is, is that you know everybody can go to the press conferences and you know they talk about the fight that's coming up or the fight that just happened. But when you happen to get the story behind the story, because a lot of the stories, you know this, are they're human interest stories. You find out more about the fighter than, than you see, you know, uh, just from when, when they're in the ring and, and, and you know, fighting. Um, when, when, I'm, when I do get one of those stories, you know, that allows me to, to, to probe a little bit um, into some of these guys' background, um, it's like, I don't know, it, it's like a discovery for me, and, and I like to pass it along to readers, you know. And, and um, um, But I, I think the reason I'm able to do that is because a lot of these guys, they, they know that I'm, I'm going to tell the story as it is. I'm not going to try to, to bend it to fit some agenda that I have, you know. And, and that can happen, you know, nowadays, like in the media. I mean, that, you know, I hate to say it, but not everybody trusts the media as it, as it once did, you know. Right. You know, the Bernard, there is this, there's a, a story you have about uh, a fighter and a uh, a child. Um, 
just uh, from uh, uh, no welcome house. Uh, what's the thing? Sean Nagler, the kid who yeah. the kid who had cancer. Yeah, and it was a yeah. Bernard Hopkins. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was one of those stories. Um, he was a you know he was a teenager. He was a, a, a amateur boxer. He was um, uh, diagnosed with with cancer and and um, he he got in touch with Hopkins's then attorney and wondered if there's some kind of way that he could meet Hopkins and the message was relayed. Hopkins went and saw him in the hospital and they got to be on on friendly terms and the Make a Wish Foundation sent the kid and his family out to Las Vegas to be there for Hopkins's fight with. Joe Calzaghe, and they didn't make a big deal of it. They didn't have a big press conference or anything. There was only one person that was allowed in Bernard Hopkins' hotel suite along with the family, and that was me because, you know, the, the the kid and his father had read my stuff. You know, Hopkins knew me and stuff like that. They didn't want to make, you know, make a, a big production out of it. Um, and amazing thing about it, not only did was he there for that fight, but he got he was gravely ill uh the night of of Hopkins's fight with um yeah, what fight what, what was that um anyway you I mean the thing is is that but but um he saw the fight his father had carried him up to bed and like like the next day or the day after that you know he passed away and then Hopkins was one of the pallbearers at his funeral you know and and you know you, when you get a story like that, you know it. A lot of pe- it, it opened a lot of people's eyes that you know that maybe their perceptions of, of Bernard Hopkins wasn't exactly what they thought. You know, they saw another side of him. You know, and and um, I, I got a story like that. You know, with the first story in my first book, the one that George Foreman did the uh, forward to. With Mills Lane, a lot of people didn't know that Mills Lane was came from a family that was very, very wealthy in Georgia. You know that he lived in a mansion when he was a kid, and his father had plotted out his life for him. You know, and you know Mills Lane said, "Nah, I don't want to do that. You know, I'll think I'll join the Marines. You know, I'll box in college at, at Nevada Reno. I'll become a lawyer and you know a district attorney and." You know, boxing judge. You know, all, none of these things were, were were things that were plotted out for him. You know, when he was young, and so his story was, you know, was his own story. You know, and um, you know, he had the he had the stroke. Where he was home by himself. His family was in New York City, and he was laying there on the floor for like two days. You know, before it was discovered. You know, and um, that was a, a story that a lot of not a lot of people knew. You know, and and. Um, mm. I, I I enjoy doing those stories um, because you know it, it, it offers a different outlook or different uh, a different side of, of of people that fight fans know but don't know as well as they might. Hmm. Good. Good. Hey, uh, Bob. Let me ask you: uh, Is is this thing really going to be? Going to fight in uh, Bellator? Say again? Is Usman really going to fight in Bellator? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know if Usman's going to go over there, but Bellator is, I mean, they're, they're finally starting to pay uh, some decent money and, and getting some good talent. So, I mean, they've, they've got great talent. It's just the UFC has got everyone's eye, you know, and so I'm all for Bellator. Again, you know, that's what I love about boxing. Boxing has got so many different uh, titles, and so these guys, the sponsorship is there so people can make money in different organizations versus the UFC has just kind of got a monopoly on everything. Um, mm-hmm. But also throwing out Drew Dober just got a TKO two thirty six in the first round, some ground and pound. So uh, go call around Drew Dober boy. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Doc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, so whether they switch or not, I don't know. Um, what Bob, I, I have to say one thing. Uh, I've been doing the streams and I've been uh, looking at uh, every like the platforms, and I've noticed one thing: you have a lot more kickboxing, um, cage fighting. You have a lot more things than boxing. Boxing on a normal platform is hard to find. I can watch a regular kickboxing fight and, and, and it be current. It's current. I can watch a regular cage fighting, even certain sort of wrestling matches that's current on stream. Boxing, you find it. Now, now that, that, that's all I have to say. Boxing is really kind of hard to find. So, like the popularity, as far as certain things are concerned, I'm watching it move a lot more toward the art of not only the fist. I think COVID had a lot to do with that too, with with uh, Dana White being the first pro sport back up on up and running when COVID was happening. He, you know, he pulled a lot of viewers from boxing and stuff. And and boxing right now, they had their uh, legitimate, you know, sources. You know, HBO, Showtime, they're they're legit. And then the UFC kind of made Spike TV. And then now, you know, they've got they're on ESPN Plus. You know, so. So they've, they've, uh, they're growing, yeah, there, there's a lot of them out there. But the, the, the unfortunate part is when, when you see the boxing fights, even even the the amateur level or, or the lower, the guys that are getting, uh, let's let's say the, the lower guys on a Showtime card on a Bernard Hopkins fight or something like that, they're getting paid more than like some of the top athletes in, in MMA. And that's that's where the sponsorship comes in. And a lot of these guys, a lot of these, because I remember back in the day, we didn't have YouTube. Yes, surprise, my kids are blown away by this too. Uh, I'm older than the internet. Uh, There wasn't an internet back then. You couldn't Facebook stalk your your opponent or or Instagram them or tweet them or forget, I don't know. You were just ready to fight or you weren't. You know, you just heard about a guy, you, you, you've never really seen him. So you were either ready to fight or ready or, or not. And uh, so you, you, just, you just showed up to these fights. But back in the day when USC even wasn't even televised, I was making more money then than I am now. You, you know, or I did, you know, did at the end of my career. Um and I don't know where that money went. I mean, the promoters, you know, used to have, you know, rent out the, you know, whatever dome or the, the one in Hawaii or the one in Japan, the Tokyo Dome, and they made their money off the people that came to watch that fight. 
and, 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 and still paid better than these guys that are fighting on ESPN plus are getting paid. And that's, I don't understand that. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that happened with boxing is we lost Tuesday night fights and Friday night fights. I'm sure all you guys remember that when USA and ESPN, we lost those kind of, uh, you know, regular cards and, and you know, it's harder to, to, to catch anything that's not, you know. I think we talked about this one time with Kathy Duva, right? You lo- you lost the regional card. Yeah. And so it's just the national cards that we get to see. And, uh, yeah, and there are, you know, again, with HBO bowing down, uh, obviously the zone stepped up, but these are all national and international cards. So, uh, you know, that's why when you start to lose the, the, the grassroots, the regional uh, aspect of boxing, which which is kind of you know at one point what made it so great, uh, it, you know it, it it what it did is it it kind of made the lower class boxers lower class and I you know the upper tier boxers higher class in a sense from a financial stability standpoint. So yeah, we, all right. Who wants to answer the question on Sandoval? Uh, we have a question, uh, Sandoval, and uh, what is it, Ferrari? Ty? I'm sorry, Ty, I didn't really get. I didn't. I didn't Sandoval. really get the name. Sandoval versus uh, Ferrari. Yeah, you may want to. You may want to give that one to uh, our uh, our super expert Bernard. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with those names. All right. Bernard? Yeah. Um, Bernard. Uh, oh, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I was a little uh, off, tra- off topic because I was, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you guys, but I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the Phillies game. They're up to nothing in the seven, uh, six minutes. <laughs> whatever that's oh, I, I, I'm sorry, Bernard. I was muted for a minute. Um, I, I had a question to ask you. Um, as far as uh, as far as uh, um, certain boxers, do you want like uh, and, and as uh, as a person from the media, do you prefer a certain style of boxing when you watch? As far as judging the fight, because I'm, I'm kind of interested as far as how the media judges the fight. When you when when y'all judge a fight, what do you look for? Well, I, I think I think the judging of 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 boxing matches is kind of like being a music critic. Um, you know, like like you know, there are people that like uh, hip hop, so there are people that like country and western. They like you know um, um, heavy metal, whatever, and mm-hmm. maybe you know. Um, when they're writing a story about, about, you know, who's got a new album out or, you know, maybe their opinion is shaded by that. And I think Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with boxing because, you know, watching uh, Perna Whitaker um, fight is not the same thing as watching Arturo Gatti or or Matthew Saad Muhammad. Um, You know, you know, some those fighters are are like the, the heavy metal guys. Perna Whitaker is like the champion music, you know, at, at Carnegie Hall. And, you know, so perhaps um, 
judges are influenced, you know, if they show a certain preponderance of, 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 of scoring bouts for styles that they have favored in the past. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why managers and promoters or something sometimes object to certain judges or referees mm-hmm. being appointed to work, to work those fights, you know, because, um, of course, you know, there's, there's nationalities involved, you know, uh, um, you know, that, that you might not want this guy to work a fight because he's, you know, he's from a certain country and, you know, and, and they've shown maybe a, uh, a indication of, of bias, whether it's true or not, you know, for fighters from that country. Um, so I, 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 I don't know. I, I think, I think styles of, of fighters are like DNA on certain, with certain judges, you know, that, that, Maybe they tend to 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 score bouts for the guys you know that have the styles that they like the most or appreciate the most or, or place a higher value you know on. Right, what do you right, guys? So for, uh, so from that perspective, if you don't mind me uh, uh, going a little further with that, from that perspective, what kind of because the media, I mean, not not to say the media, but the judges are like everything's kind of geared to me. Everything's getting geared to um, that. If you're not Terrence Crawford or Canelo Alvarez, kind that that's gonna put your ass on the line for my expression. Um, I don't see defense. I see defensive boxers leaving to a certain extent, unless you're exactly special. I see fights just different. Am I wrong? Well, you know, I mentioned Pernell Whitaker. Um, if you're not, he had two yeah, fights. As I, say, not yeah, I mean, you know, Pernell, Pernell Whitaker lost a fight in Paris, quote unquote, lost a fight to uh, Ramirez in, in Paris that, that most people, I think, would say he clearly won. Uh, yeah. I was uh, yeah. I was not there for that fight, but I've seen the, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the replay of it or the tape of it. Did you, did and I was, I was in, um, and when, yeah, and I, I was in San Antonio when, when Pernell Whitaker fought Chavez and he clearly won that fight, you know, and okay. there, there was a lot of talk before the fight, you know, that if, if Whitaker got the decision, you know, there would be a riot and 60,000 people would be going, you know, berserk and destroying stuff. When they announced the draw, you know, the, uh, Jesus, it was, it was, was travesty. you know, it was 60,000 people just went, you know, they knew that they caught a break, you know, and so why didn't they have a rematch? And that got asked, I think, I think the dude has asked that, uh, you know, we want, we want a rematch. And uh, Jose Suleiman said, you know, of course, Jose Suleiman, the uh, WBC is headquartered in, in uh, Mexico City. And Jose Suleiman said, ah, but Perna Whitaker is our champion and he has retained the title. On the draw, so therefore there is no need for a rematch. I mean, if you read between the lines, it was clearly that. Um, and Chavez is a great fighter, no, no doubt about it. You know, Absolutely. but um, he, he had, if you read between the lines, is that that Chavez is never coming anywhere near Perno Whitaker again. You know, no, um, no. I, I, you know, there's there's different ways to look at it. Now, do you think that now what I was saying was, do you think that it's moving more towards that defensive fighters are are, are devalued more? Well, I, I don't know forward. necessarily defense defensive fighters. I mean, because 
when you really get right down to it, Floyd Mayweather is mostly a defensive fighter. Um, and, and you I know, think he, he doesn't have a high knockout ratio. But but the thing is, is that whether it's Muhammad Ali or, you know, um, uh, Canelo Alvarez or, or, or Manny Pacquiao, not always. I mean, occasionally decisions go against guys. I don't want to say house fighters, but they're they're the big draws, and they're the you know they're the reasons why boxing is popular. Um, in June, you know, there was the uh, induction in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, and a lot of people will say you know look in in the in the, in the, in the uh, past that you know that. Uh, Boom Boom Mancini, you know, did not meet the criteria for being in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Ingemar mm-hmm. Johansson didn't. Um, Arturo Gatti didn't. There's a big push now for for uh, Vinny Pazienza, Vinny Paz, to go in. Um, you know, it, do they meet the criteria? Well, maybe, you know, on a purely boxing standpoint, perhaps not. On a popularity basis, I mean, these guys, I mean, Arturo Gatti was the franchise in Atlantic City and, and, and for HBO. Um, how That, count, that uh, counts for something. I don't know how much it should count, but, but it absolutely counts for something. How does Arturo Gatti not make it and Rocky Balboa does? Go <laughs> <laughs> ahead well, for that one. We good. Sylvester Stallone did not go in as a fighter. He went in as observer, you know, and even when he gave his uh, induction speech, and what year was that, 2000? I can't remember. But, you know, he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fighter, but people think that I am, you know. Um, <laughs> Arturo Gatti. Yeah. He's the definition of Balboa. He's the definition of that. Like, certain things you can't deny in boxing. Well, you know, popularity does play a part, I think, into voting, whether it's politics or Hall of Fames or or whatever. Angelo Dundee once told me about Ali. He said, if Muhammad Ali was fighting on the dark side of the moon, sports (laughs) writers would be chartering rocket ships to go up to the dark side of the moon. And and it's true. I mean, I I don't know that uh, Kinshasa Zaire is the dark side of the moon, you know, but Wherever, wherever the man was fighting, people were going to go there. Same thing with Mike Tyson. I got asked by my, one of my colleagues, or I, you know, with the uh, um, Philadelphia Inquirer. I was with the Daily News, and she said, "Why are you going? Why are you going to Tokyo for for Tyson and Douglas? That fight's going to last two rounds." Uh-huh. And I said, uh-huh. "Because it's Mike Tyson. Why does why does our golf rider go to, you know, the British Open?" You know, because Tiger Woods mm-hmm. is in it. Guys like that, Michael Jordan, stuff like that, they mm-hmm. transcend the mm-hmm. sport to a certain extent. And 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 you know, that's that's just a fact of life. Everybody likes fireworks. Everybody likes fireworks. Yeah, you know, and and they, they <laughs> right got to be that. that popular for a reason. Right about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Even since the Roman times. They've loved it. You know, you fill a Coliseum. I mean, we all want to, you know, there, there's some sort of, I caught it like a documentary the other day with Frank Trigg was on it, you know, talking about sports. I can't remember what I was watching, but talking about how everyone gravitates to the blood sports. 
Yeah, that's you know what? This is the guy I miss, Bob. I miss you, Bob. <laughs> I miss yeah. you, Bob. Yeah. Hey, yo. yeah. hey, Bob. Let me ask you what what is uh, the problem with uh, um, Cutting Covington uh, slamming uh, <laughs> keep slamming uh, Islam? Well, I, I think you answered your question with the question itself by halfway through. What's the problem with Colby Covington? <laughs> is pretty much right there. It's enough. There, there, there doesn't have to be anything past that because the whole problem lies with Colby Covington. Colby, it doesn't yeah. matter who he's talking about. He's just a mouth trash talking, freaking internet spoofing. You know what I mean? Getting out and getting the. The, whatever you know that that's 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 why women watch the sports now because all the drama that is involved you know it's like oh my Kobe god let's just, just, just get it back to the, the knuckles you know what i mean you know now yeah. now we got it that's that's what made it popular the ufc you know putting putting the fighters on tv and they get people getting to know them and like oh these guys are real people they just got bad problems and bad childhood. Yeah, Soto is like half America. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like these guys are in there <laughs> yeah. knuckling it up. Okay, so so but then yeah. you get the drama in there and then you get the the extra extra viewers. And that's that's all Colby Covington right. is. I mean he he is drama with the most conditioning drama can have. That that's that's Colby Covington. Conditioning Good. is his gift. Conditioning is his gift, man. I don't want to I, – I, shoot, if you can't beat him in 10 seconds, I don't want to fight him the rest of the right. Did I mention Drew Dober yeah. got a TKO in 236 in the first round? There you go. <laughs> I believe you did. I believe you did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that did. might come right. up again. <laughs> I, I'm just – I'm congratulating his coach online right now. So, I just – you know, yeah. might, awesome. might come up again. I can't – yeah, a Jack Wayne Buckley's in there getting uh, tooled up right now. His little fancy uh, spin kicks aren't helping him right now. Um, but, yeah, so good fights tonight. First one I've watched in, what, Frank, two months, three months? No more two getting months. sick or I, I just quit. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anybody else have anything to add? Because we're getting up closer uh, our time here. And uh, – no, I, what I did I mention? Colby say. Covington got a TKO in two thirty six in the first round. Uh, yeah, I think he did. Bye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? I, is are we? Is we still have Bernard on? Yeah, I'm here. Bernard, I got a question for you. I, I became a fan of yours. God, late nineties, early two, early aughts maybe. I used to come home from work every day, and at five o'clock religiously, we put on the Daily News Live. Michael Barkan, you, Marcus Smith. I thought it was, it was the most hilarious, fun show ever. And at the time, I didn't know you were a boxing aficionado. Just thought you were a sports writer. So I want to ask you, what made you matriculate into boxing the way you did as a writer? Oh, that's an, e- that's an easy one. Um, in my, uh, my home office here in beautiful Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania, I have a poster from the 1940s, um, a card headlined by the great Archie Moore. Mm. And the, the main undercard bout is Jack Fernandez. Um, his real name wasn't Jack. Uh, his real name was Bernard Fernandez, later Bernard Fernandez Sr., you know, after I came along. 
Um, oh, wow. But, but he was a welterweight, and uh, the fight happened uh, during World War II. He was in the Navy serving in the Pacific. He had some R&R, and he was in San Diego, and um, they put him on the card. Um, and um, so I, uh, you know, and my dad, my dad loved boxing. You know, we he watched Gillette Cavalcade of Sports Friday Night Fights. I was in like fourth grade, fifth grade. I'd be watching the fights with him, and he would tell me what's going on. And when I went to, I, mean, I had covered some boxing before at other papers I'd been at, but when I went to the great fight city of Philadelphia, Elmer Smith was was covering boxing. And no, after, I yeah, but after about two years, he got a general interest sports column, column, and I know that I was being discussed from you know because they, they rotate uh, boxing beat or excuse me sports beats every every now and then, and I was being discussed for going on to the Eagles. Then they were dreadful at that point in time, and the Flyers. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. There's not a lot of hockey there. So I went to Mike Rathard, who is the executive sports editor, and I said, who are you look, thinking about putting on boxing? And he said, are, are you interested? I said, hell yeah. And they put me on boxing, and they never took me off. Right, because I, I loved it. Um, the first fight that I covered for the Daily News was a little, little scrap, Hagler versus Leonard. Um, oh, Wow. Yeah, and, 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 you know, I mean, I, that was great. But the thing is, whether it was at, at some club club show in Atlantic City or Philadelphia or Blue Horizon or whatever, or Tokyo or London or Las Vegas, or Madison Square Garden, wherever it was, um, every time I was at ringside, it felt like I was home. That was where I oh, needed to be. Nice. Wow. You know, Mark, uh, thank you for entertaining me for 20 years, sir. Over 20 years. <laughs> yeah. That means I'm yeah, old. Uh, <laughs> that, that, means, that means I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, both uh, uh, Dr. Chris and uh, um, his son used to fight at the uh, Blue Horizon. Both while they were in uh, dental school, raised money for uh, Chris father paid for his tuition but he wouldn't pay for anything else so Chris had to because uh, he wanted to be a pharmacist with him um, but uh, Chris had to learn money and that's what he did he went down and uh, he would uh, he would box in the uh, the Blue Arrival uh, well guys we're up against the, the uh, clock here Bernard again a wonderful, wonderful interview thank you very much for Giving us the time, uh, I hope, and uh, progress as well uh, here. Um, and uh, Kiss just uh, pretty well. Just uh, know that uh, uh, Sharon put her on the on the uh, prayer line uh, here in the diocese, and uh, everybody else around the world. We're asking uh, uh, just keep a good thought for her. If you if you say prayers, please say a prayer. For her. Uh, Thank you so much. Bob, you want to leave us out? Absolutely. Uh, a great show. Missed all you guys. Ty, Z, Bernard, thank you so much. Uh, mad respect for you coming on. Frank, thanks for being healthy and bringing us all together again. No more of that crap. Uh, no more getting sick. Uh, 
And uh, God bless to all of our listeners. Uh, keep those uh, eyes up and chins down, and let's go. Okay. You know, I'm just so grateful that we're all here tonight. You know, and I'm praying for each and every one of you and, and all family members and extended family members. It's great to be back. I want everyone to have a blessed and beautiful week. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone be safe and well. Um, y'all got to forgive me because I'm going to speak honestly from my chest. I haven't not talked to Butch in a minute, and I wanted to, like, I've been out of touch. Um, I love you. I love you, man. And I have not been in touch with you, and I'm hurt, so I guess we got to hear this over the air, don't we? Um, hey. Butch is my second dad. Kind of all I can say. Kind of all I can say. Like that. And we're going to leave it at that. We're going to uh, put everything up to Bob, Dr. Chris, and Coach Mel. But we're going to put something up else to Butch. That's my yeah. dude. And, and, and I got a scare from him that I never, like that, it shivered my heart. And we're not going to do that again. No, I try not to. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I've always been proud of both you boys uh, and what you've done uh, with your lives, and you know that. And it's uh, to be put in the same class as your dad uh, is uh, really a, a thrill to me. So thank you for that. Um, before we, we uh, end the show here, I just want to remind everybody that on uh, Wednesday, um, the 11th of uh, November is uh, um, Veterans Day. So when you see a veteran out there, uh, just uh, give them a, a hi, uh, hello, uh, whatever. And uh, if you um, enjoy uh, the day, just uh, let everybody know that uh, the reason we're there, we're, the reason we're here is uh, because the uh, veterans got us here. And that includes uh, active duty vet veterans right now uh, that are away from home. Right, Bob? So, That's uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces and men and women police and fire services. When you're out there and you see somebody in, in, in uniform, please let them know that you know they're there. Please, there's, not all cops are bad. They're all of us a lot, lot different. Uh, have a, uh, I want to wish everybody a, a great week. Uh, it's glad I'm glad to be back, and I want to thank uh, everybody uh, personally for for being here. So uh, with that, we're going to close the program. Shemalek Mahilama Shemahilama Sona Shenevorat Fed
Counting to 1999. Counting to 1999. Counting to 1999. Audience be advised. 1999 responded to his last emergency. May God rest his soul and all the souls of the faithful departed. 